I left my jacket, my wife's fan, and it was all wrinkled. So if you don't tell Vic, he won't know. I don't have a jacket on tonight. Uh, basically, my fifth message since Thursday, as it were. So this is probably going to be the shortest one. You're probably glad about that. But I, I hope you all had a lot of time to think about your reward today. I, I just love that passage about a wife being a reward. And, and uh, tried to exegete that passage tonight. I'm going to give some practical helps. Some of it just from my own personal life. And so I hope it's helpful of how Karen and I, uh, how, how we behave at home and try to uh, gain to be spiritually together. If you'll turn to Genesis chapter 2, I'm going to read a, you'll, Genesis chapter 2 and I'm going to go to Hebrews and read a passage. I think before we get to this whole realm of trying to be spiritually one is we need to evaluate what's most important in our lives. And especially for those of you who are in your 40s and 50s, I used to think that it was uh, the teenagers and 20-plus-year-olds 20 that needed to get their life together. And uh, those of you who are 40 and 50 uh, in that realm, uh, you need to really write down what's most important in your life. Because it's hard to become spiritually one with your wife or it's hard to become spiritually one with your husband if really that's really not even what you want anyway. You know, you're chasing something else. So we need to evaluate where our time and energy and money is going towards. I'm going to read a, a few verses from Hebrews 11. These all died in faith, having not received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would, not, they would have had opportunity to return, but now they desire a better that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. We're headed to heaven as a Christian. If you're here and you're born again, you know that the world's headed to hell and uh, is full of the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and pride of life. We're strangers in this world, pilgrims, Christians are in the world, but we're not to be part of it, to partake of the world. The world does not accept us. I think you found that out. The world does not accept true Christian faith. Now, we preach the gospel. It doesn't accept us, and we shouldn't accept them. The world. Now, I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about this system that is trying to tear your marriage up. We didn't get into much of that today, but I tell you what, there's a war on your family. There's a war on your marriage. The lust of the eyes is out there. The lust of the flesh is out there in front of our face. The pride of life and all this the craziness that's going on in the movies and the TV and the magazines and on the billboards, it just smacks up against a marriage and says, you don't have to be holy. You don't have to be God-fearing. Live this way. Have fun. If, you, if you'll do, go down this path, you'll just really enjoy one another. We know that's not true. We're searching and longing for heaven. And so as you live your life and you find out what's really important in your life, God has taken us to the land flowing with milk and honey. He has promised us a city that has not been built by hands, but built by God. We are on a journey to reach that city. And, and on this journey to reach that city, God has so... Uh, graced us with a spouse to go on this journey together, those of you who are married. 
And if you look at it that way, instead of trying just to be married, but if you look at it as a journey together as a team, as a couple, we're going to heaven together. I'm not dragging you to heaven and you're not dragging me to heaven, but we're on our way and we're going to we're going to do the best we can to be as Christ like as we can, to be as godly as we can, to be as separated from the world as we can as we make this journey to heaven. I hope that's your desire. We're not to love the world and the world creeps into marriages. Sometimes we don't even see it, but the world begins to creep in and put these thoughts in our minds. The world creeps in, whether it's music, whether it's just ungodly thoughts. You don't have to be happy with your spouse. We're not to love the world nor the things of the world. The world's an enemy at, is an enemy of God. I'm going to read this passage from Genesis, and I want to give you some helps on how to hopefully uh, become a better husband and wife. I'm going to read Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. What is the ultimate goal of marriage? It's to become spiritually one. That's the goal. You can think of all kinds of goals. I want to be married for 60 years. I want to have the happiest marriage of all. Whatever it is. But the, really the goal of a marriage is to be spiritually one with your spouse. And if you can obtain that, you've done well. If you're, and maybe you're, you might be one of the few. I don't know how many people in this auditorium tonight can really say that my spouse and I are spiritually one. We've tried, and we've had our good times, and we've had some, some seasons where we were very close, and we were very close to the Lord. But that comes and goes. But can you honestly say that we are spiritually one, and that's the goal of a marriage? Now, the difficult part is getting there and where to start. And uh, it's more than going to church. It's more than listening to Christian music together. It's more than just talking about God every now and then. That's not what it means to be spiritually one. Because the Bible says he brings you together to be joined. Joined. I mean, you, you picture when you're joined, you're, not, you're, you're moving together. You're not separate. And what we have at times is two people going in two opposite directions. And people are too busy. Mom's going this way, dad's going this way. That's not spiritually one. Too much of the world has crept in. There's too many things grabbing our time. Way too many things. And as you evaluate, really, what's important in your life, you bring that list down and you'll say, where am I spending all my time? Where am I spending all my energy? What do I put the greatest value on? And it should be your relationship with Jesus Christ. And then I tell you what, it should be your spouse after that. Now you can, and your family, and I'm not, I'm not making these lists as we go and saying what's next important. But I do know your relationship with Jesus Christ should be your most important. And then your relationship with your spouse, the next. Now, that might sound like a theory. But you know, every opportunity that you and I have as husband and wife... To set an example for these younger people that what a marriage really should be, we should take advantage of it. We should be spiritually one. The teenagers and the young men and women who are in their 20s, 21, 22, who are getting ready to get married, eight, you know, so many of these kids that are 17 years old right now, in four or five years, they're going to be married. 
I hope that we're setting good examples of what it means to be joined together. It's not a theory. Do you think of your marriage as a team? Are you a team? A team not only works together, but a team has an agenda. A husband and wife should be a team. Having goals. You're going to reach those goals as a team. You're glad to be on the team. You encourage that other teammate when they're down. You're kind of the cheerleader, as it were. You're bringing them along. They're bringing you along, and you're a a team. And God has brought you two together to take this journey as a team to go to that city that he's got prepared for you, heaven. So I want to talk about just a couple aspects, growing spiritually together and growing relationally together, becoming more than just friends. All right. Now, for just some practical helps. The place to start in a marriage, if you want to become spiritually one, it starts with the man. Men, if you desire to be spiritually one with your wife, it starts with you. It starts with you putting yourself under God's authority. That's where it starts. You must take the first step. If, you, if you're there and you're thinking, well, we're not really a team, I don't think we're really spiritually one, it's your responsibility as the husband of the wife, who you are the head of the family, to take this challenge and to begin to place yourself under God's authority. How do you do that? Well, I'll just, I'm going to share some things about my life. And my wife is here, and sometimes that's scary because I can't, I can't buffalo anybody. You need to get up early in the morning. I wake up 5 o'clock, 5.30 in the morning, most days, and I get before God, and I pray. We as men need to do that. You say, I have a hard time getting in the morning. No, you can get up early in the morning. As a man who wants to place himself under the authority of God, you will get out of bed because it's your relationship with your wife and your family is so important to you that you must have your relationship with Jesus Christ in order. You need to get out of bed before your family ever wakes up and go somewhere, wherever that is, in a bedroom, in your living room, kneeling down on a chair, out in your backyard, wherever that is, you get before God and you begin to pray and, and talk to God about your own relationship with Him and to turn from sin and tell God you're dying to yourself and begin to pray for your wife. Lord, I want my wife and I to be one. I want us to be madly in love with each other. I want us to love you I, and pray for your children. And as you take that first step and you get up early in the morning to be with God, you will begin to see that God will do some great things in your family. He'll, he'll begin to change your heart and the heart of your wife. And here she's, she's in bed sound asleep. And the husband is praying for his wife. Once you're done praying, you get, get the Bible out. You just take the scripture out. And I don't know what you're studying. But all you men should have somewhere that you're doing your devotions. You take, after praying and getting your relationship with the Lord, you just open up the Bible. And I have a particular place that I'm in right now. And I begin to read the scripture. And I began to, God, what is this talking about? Will you teach me the word of God? Just me and God in the stillness of the morning. And as I began to search for truth and the fulfillment of understanding God's word richly with me and my Savior, that when 
Karen is ready to come into the kitchen and have a cup of coffee together. My life has already been under God's authority. And I don't jump on and start preaching at her and all that kind of stuff, but I'm ready to begin to direct our conversations heavenly word. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not that just Karen and I just talk about the things of the Lord all the time, but we do a lot. We talk about God a lot and we talk about our faith, but we talk about life and we talk about our children and we talk about the day ahead of us and what we're going to be doing. But I'm already prepared for that. She's not. Because she hasn't been praying. And, and, and that's why, as a husband, you lead her into a conversation about God. Hun, you know what the Lord taught me today from, let's say, 2 Samuel. I was reading the Word of God. Or, you know what God's been teaching me as I've been praying? And you begin to help your wife. And she will. I mean, you try it. I mean, she will begin. Every morning when you get up, you begin to talk about the things of the Lord. Now... If you want to be spiritually one, I'll tell you what the next step that will help you before the children get up. And I know it's early. I don't know if you're early risers, but you need to be. Karen and I pray every morning. And I would say every evening. And what we do is we sit at our kitchen table. And I love coffee and Karen loves coffee. So we, uh, we got that in common as well. And after a cup of coffee or two cups of coffee, we'll sit at our kitchen table and we'll put our hands together and we'll hold our hands and we'll begin to pray. And there is something so special about when a husband and wife will join hands in love and begin to pray for each other, for our marriage, for our family, to see children's hearts changed, to see things that we would like to see God do in our life. And we begin to pray, and I'll pray, and she'll pray, and some days Karen will lead, and I'll pray. But we begin to pray together. And you see, all this is bringing us together in a spiritual oneness. And it works. You want practical helps that will change your life. And God has a way about blessing the prayer of a husband and wife when they come together. Oh, he really does. Now, we do something else. Guys, you need to read Scripture with your wife. I don't know if you've taken the time to sit and read Scripture with your wife or that she's read Scripture to you, but one of the things that we have done is that we now... We will sit down, and Karen will read a whole book of the Bible to me. Ecclesiastes, pretty long book. And I'll just kick back, and as she's reading it, and then the next day, maybe it's 1 John, maybe the book of Galatians, the book of Ephesians. All this is bringing us together, spiritually. You see, you can't start with the physical. A physical relationship just won't last. God said, I want you to be one. And he brought us together as one. And so we begin to work on the spiritual relationship. So guys, I, I want to encourage you. Maybe you read the whole book to your wife. If, you, if the wife doesn't feel like she wants to read that much, 
And it's not a whole book. It's not, there's no specific reason why we do it other than I like hearing the beginning and the end of a book of the Bible and get the flow of it. And it's been so rich because as she's reading it and I'm listening, the conversation as we're going through these books just begins to be focused on God. And, and God begins to reveal things through His Word. And it's just been amazing. And I want to challenge you all, as you want to become spiritually one with your wife, place yourself under God's authority early in the morning. Get the Word of God out early in the morning. And you wives, please, enjoy being with your husband in prayer in the morning. And begin to talk about the Lord. And begin to read the Bible. You see, one of the things I think over the years is men believe that they got to have this kind of a, a devotion where they got all these points together. I got four points and I've got to make sure I get it across to my wife. That's not what God wants. God wants your heart so full of the Lord and you're consumed with Him that you just begin to have conversations about God and His Word. There's no points to it. It's just talking about the Word of God and bringing your wife in to the conversation with you. So I want to encourage you all. You say, well, I don't really think we need to hold hands. Well, <laughs> what's wrong with that? It just, it means I love you. I love you. Let's pray to God together. We're one. We're together. We're a team. We're going to walk through this journey together. God will bless it. One of the things that I think all of us need to do as husbands and wives to have this spiritual oneness as well is plan a time to get away to have a spiritual rejuvenation or whatever you want to call it with your spouse. To get away. I don't know if you've done that. I don't know if you've, uh, and maybe you do that on a, on, a, on a regular basis. Maybe it's one night. You got little children. Plan a time where you just get away. Go somewhere where you can have a spiritual time. I mean, there, we have all kinds of... We went on a vacation to Florida. We had a great time. We had a lot of fun. But there needs to be a time when you just get away with your spouse and you focus on God. And make spiritual goals together. And, and, and write down what you really need to be praying about this year. And to become close to your wife. And to become close to your husband. I want to challenge you to do that. I, I hope that you will. And if you do that, God will become the middle of your relationship. It will be a beautiful, uh, new opening for many of you all. God wants us also to be physically together. Now, the two shall be one. You know, there's just some things that we ought to be doing with our spouses. You ought to be having a, a time set aside that you have conversation with your wife. Now, that just seems like a no-brainer, and I know you all have heard it before, but I want to challenge you. Do you all really do it? Do you sit down somewhere every day to speak to your wife? you got to have that. We, we have a swing under our backyard deck. Karen put up a swing, and we go there and swing and talk about life. I hope you have a place. It's, you know, I know growing kids calls it couch time, but you, you need to have a time where you daily have conversations together. Go on walks. You know, TV's not that important, <laughs> you know, in the big picture of things. TV's just not that great. Watching movies every night, playing games, all these things that interfere with the time that we should be with our spouse, it just robs us. Find time with your wife. 
Time find, find time with your husband. And, and ladies, if your husband isn't doing that, just say, you know, we need to start talking together. We need to find this time. It becomes very sweet. And you know what? It's a little awkward. You'll find yourself talking for a long time until it's dark and it's time to go in. I hope that you find that time to have that conversation. It could be, uh, it, it could be anywhere. You know, one of the things that I've found that will help a marriage grow together, and Karen will absolutely admit to this as well, is we have projects that we do together. I don't know if you work with your wife on, at the house or if you have some kind of a work project. Karen and I have kind of gotten into the landscaping business, as it were, and uh, we've been doing a lot of little landscaping projects around the home, and it's been good. She does the planning. She's the brains of the operation, and I'm kind of the, you know, the gopher that puts things together. But you know what? You get done with these projects, and you sit there as you're talking to your wife in your swing, and you look across, and you, and you know you enjoy the fruits of your labor. And you know that, hey, we did that together. It's, it, 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 it brings you closer together. Husbands and wives actually doing something physically together working and accomplishing a task that you set out to do, and you can just kick back and know that you were a team, and you did that. God wants us to be a team and to accomplish these things, and it will do a, a, a lot to your heart. I don't know if you set goals together, but you need to set goals together. I don't know when's the last time you sat down with your wife and you wrote out goals that you want to see your family accomplish, Together. Not she's going this way and you're... No, together. What are you going to see accomplished in your marriage for the year? We need to do that. You know, there's some other things that will help you, I think, bringing it close together. How about spontaneity? How about just coming home and doing something exciting? When was the last time you did that? You know, we need a little romance in our lives, right? You know, a little romance goes a long way. But have you ever just come home and said, honey, we're going to go do this. We need to do this. Have a little excitement in your marriage. Things can get dull. Things can get boring. Get after it. You're still alive, right? You're breathing. Enjoy one another while you have life. Put some excitement in your marriage. Do things that are different. We get stuck in a rut. And life becomes such a, a rut and you get in these ruts and it's hard to get out and you just need to do some things together. Find husbands, you need to get a babysitter sometime. You need to call somebody, take care of the kids. You need to set up someplace, a, a hotel somewhere or a trip here. You need to, to do that. And wives, you need to go along with it. Have a little fun. Get out of the rut. Do some excitement things together. You know, some, a, lot of, a lot of marriages get in ruts. They just they do the same old thing every day, every day, every day, every day. Get out of that rut. Life's too short, man. Have a little bit of fun. You need to take a vacation without the children. You need to get away. And you know, you need to just realize that this is the one that God has entrusted me with. And I'm going to make her life as pleasant and joyful and encouraging and spirit-filled as I possibly can. And you wives, 
you need to look at your husband as a gift from God and realize, I am going to do the best to make my husband the most encouraged. He's going to think he's the greatest man on the face of this earth. God wants us to be spiritually one. And I don't know where you are tonight, but a few simple things that I wanted to share with you. But you can't start with the physical. You've got to start with the spiritual. It just won't work the other way around. So, as we end tonight, I want to challenge all you men to get up early in the morning. There's nothing. It's easy. You know, once you start getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning, it gets easy. And some of you all might get up that early anyway. I want to challenge you men to get up at 5 and go in and be with God. Get out of bed. Go to bed early. Get up and get before the Lord and begin to work on your relationship with Christ. You need to get the Word of God out and begin to read and study the Bible early in the morning, just you and God. Get the coffee ready for your wife. You're already up. You're ready to go cook breakfast for your wife. And when your wife comes in, you'll already be ready to start a spiritual conversation with her and to begin to encourage her already to live for God and to love God. And you need to pray with your wife. Pray together. Some of you all that you might be getting married here for long, you're, <laughs> you need to have these things in your life before you even think about getting married. Pray with your wife. Grab your wife's hand. And begin to sit there and ask God to bless your marriage. And talk about those things that you really need in your life. Talk about the things you need to get out of your life. I'll tell you what, God will begin to bless your marriage. You'll fall, you will fall head over heels for one another again. If you've been in a rut, you think when Jesus Christ comes into a relationship afresh, ah, uh, you'll love your wife more than you've ever loved her before. I've been married for 25 years. I love her more. How long have you been married? Seven. Seven years. Not very long. I will tell you what, it gets better. It gets better, doesn't it, guys? I hope I get at least 30 more. But you got to start in the morning. All right? You don't start at 1030 at night. <laughs> Roger. Then, begin to work together. Isn't that just some simple advice? Begin to be spiritually growing together and be a team and do projects together. Be together. Learn to work together with your hands. And enjoy the fruit of your labor together and love one another. And get rid of the junk in your life. It's the world. It's not worth it. Two hours with your wife will go so much further than two hours in front of that TV. Spending a weekend together with your wife, spiritually seeking God's wisdom, will go so far in your marriage versus spending your money on something of no value that's just going to take your time. Okay? God brought us together to be one. One. See, you go together. Go together. I hope you all take that to heart. Reevaluate your marriages. We, we ha you all heard a lot this morning. If I was you, I would sit down with my spouse in a loving, kind way, in a tender way, and I would reevaluate re where you are together.
and begin to implement some of these things in your life. I would like somebody next week to come up and tell me. I've been getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Been meeting with God. I hope so. Lord, it's been a long week.